the conversation it's your boy too smooth how's it going today's topic of conversation uh will be this is america and how can we change it uh let's see it's for the weekend week recap a lot of cool things happened to me this weekend uh i graduated you know shot 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 the shit out for your boy i graduated i graduated did that um also went through went to a so many parties last night. It was crazy. I, I don't even know how I got up. Um, did that. Uh, let's see. My cousin had a birthday. It was a lot of graduations going on. Let me see what else happened this weekend. I, was, I guess that's about it for me on the weekend. Um, so let's just hop right on into the what's good, what's happening segment. So I want to say I'm not sure how you feel about the whole usage of the word heavy, but um, this podcast is never really straight away from quote-unquote heavy topics things doing with race and that nature especially in the black community because we just I feel like personally this is something that I would want to know you know if I was just out here in the world and didn't realize this was going on it's I think it's really important to be abreast of the situation and Facebook isn't always the best you know place or whatever social media you decide to use or if you don't use social media at all because some people out here that don't use social media or you know, watch TV, but they will be listening to the conversation because we just that fly. You know, we just that fly. So first, I want to start with um, <laughs> this shooting in Texas. Um, a 17-year-old boy, white male, um, uh, not sure of his name. I, I actually had his name down here, but forgive me about that. But I will put it up on the uh, Facebook. So, yeah, he... <laughs> He's 17 years old, and he decided to go shoot up his school. Yeah, that's 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 what he did. Now, I guess on the lighter side of the conversation, he didn't really go in there looking for black kids or, you know, people of certain uh, uh, sexual orientation or creed or, you know, different race. He just was like, I'm going to shoot them all, which sucks, you know, Um yeah, so anyway, uh, the significance behind him being 17 is that they're lobbying that he will not be given the death penalty because he's 17 years of age, and in Texas that's not something that they do. Um, they personally feel that someone who is 17 years of age does not have the cognitive know or wear and thought to, know, to realize what's right from right from wrong. Yeah. So um, that's happening. Um, also... Let me get back. Sorry. Let me resurface. So, the reason, like I just stated, is because he's 17 years old. So, a couple of things play into that. There was, a, there was an Eighth Amendment and the Fifteenth Amendment that really got this thing passed as far as, as, far as uh, him not being able to be given a death penalty. They're saying that after 40 years, he may be paroled for it. 
Um, I personally think that if he goes in there and he plays it right, he makes it, you know, makes it survives in prison, that he'll probably definitely get out before he's 40 years of age. But just in case you don't know what the Eighth Amendment is, the Eighth Amendment uh, to the United States Constitution, let's see, prohibits the federal government from imposing excessive bails and excessive fines or cruel and unusual, and cruel and unusual punishment. And as far as the Fifteenth Amendment, let's see. Mm. Mm. I'm not sure why that's important. I'm not sure why that's important. I'm not sure why that plays into this case, but that's what they're stating. If you do not know, the 15th Amendment granted African-American men the right to vote uh, by declaring... I'm not going to do that. I don't understand why that's part of this conversation. Well, that's a part of this, but it is. Um, <laughs> and this all happened back in 2005. The federal Supreme Court uh, pulled this ruling for 17-year-olds, uh, specifically in Texas. Uh, I guess that's because I've never heard of it anywhere else. I know that when black kids get in situations like this, they don't typically end that well whether they go to prison or not um i didn't really want to bring quote unquote race into it but it just seems like that's important because demetrius is named demetrius and it just seems like that's i'm really baffled by this story y'all i know it seems like i don't know what i'm saying but i read it i wrote out notes it's just this story just it just it just seems crazy. So he killed 10 people, one of which was a teacher. The other nine, of course, were students, and he wounded 13 people. Um, it was in Santa Fe High School in Texas. Um, oh, I'm sorry. That's why I'm, I put in the wrong information. See, that dyslexia kill you every time. It's the 14th Amendment and the 8th Amendment. Because that's why I'm like, what the hell does that have to do with anything? So anyway, so the 14th Amendment was adopted, of course, in 1868 um, after the Civil War. And it addresses the equal protection and rights for former slaves. The amendment limits the action of state and local officials. I guess that's the part that rings important in this, the fact that it limits the actions of state and local officials. But either way, uh, it just it just makes no sense to me. Uh, I just feel like I needed to bring, what up, though, Prophet? I just feel like I needed to bring that to light so, you know, definitely toss it up in conversation and tell me what you think give me your take on it it's just it it's just weird it's hard to explain it's hard to process it's just weird but anyway demetrius decided to shoot up the school a couple weeks ago and he's in trial will be going to prison and he may get out earlier than possible and he definitely won't get the death penalty all right all right so uh on to the next one Let's see. Oh, okay. So I thought this was really cool. This is actually something that I thought should be happening around the world. So ex-felons in Louisiana will have the right to vote next year. Um, I think that's pretty, pretty fucking cool. I don't really understand why felons don't have the right to vote. I actually do remember hearing that that's a state-to-state -state thing, but I'm for sure know that that doesn't happen in Michigan. Uh, you cannot vote if you are a felon. And I just think that's another loophole to, you know, for white supremacy to rule because they know most ex-felons are black Americans or people of a certain descent, you know, or just 
they not they not racial knowledge all at all. They 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 really came from African descent or yeah. So anyway, so that's happening. Um, as a matter of fact, there are over seventy thousand ex cons in Louisiana alone. So and it was actually a Democratic person, a representative. Her name was Patricia Smith uh, of Baton Rouge, who actually got the bill on the docket to get passed. She actually tried to do it for maybe three or four times, and it finally finally got up there. So I thought that was really cool. Um, it passed. And like I said, um, once the governor signed that bill, it will take effect March 1st, 2019. Not th- I just think that's pretty cool. I don't understand why. I mean, I know why, but it just it's, just pisses you off. You can't go around being mad about everything, but about some stuff, you just got to be enraged about, like, come on now. He did his time. He's rehabilitated, so give him back his rights. Give her back her rights. If I'm rehabilitated, I did my time, I served my death society, why are you taking my certain inalienable rights per the Constitution away from me? So, yeah. So the next topic I want to move on to is uh, white women in their white tears. <laughs> um, I actually had a conversation um, with a few coworkers of mine about this topic a while ago. And... Some people really just don't believe that white women in particular weaponize their emotions and their tears to get what they want, um, to make themselves just seem they're fucking invincible. They're Wonder Woman with those things. They just are. And um, she was kind of not necessarily physically up in arms, but I can tell she was enraged about the situation. Um, The actual topic was more about dating, but same difference. It came around to the same thing about, you know, them weaponizing what they have, and especially when it comes to black black men or uh, men of color, I should say. So anyway, let's jump into the topic. So um, the white woman that's at large right now, um, <laughs> she actually, she accused two black men of raping her. She was at a party. And she said these two black, big black men, you know, pulled her into the bathroom and they had her way, had their way with her. And uh, she's 19 years of age. Um, and over, I read over several articles about it. About about a good six or five of them said like she was like this. They referenced her as like this, like this little person, this little soft individual, this teen who had no. She does not know what she's doing, and they just they just took mad advantage of her. And it's just like. What? Come on, like, get real. Like, she knew what she was doing. As a matter of fact, one of the reasons why I bring this story up is because she admitted to lying about the situation she was never raped. And the reason she even said she was raped is because she was trying to get sympathy from a man that she wanted to talk to. She thought that doing this would make that, I guess, would make her more palatable for him to say what up, though? I don't know. Um, I feel like if... He has a rape fantasy or something like that, or he has a fantasy where you have to be, he has to come in and save you. You could have did that without endangering other people's lives, especially black men's lives when you know that they're, we're, they're shooting us down like we're a dime a dozen and we're not. Um, but, yeah. So, in fact, um, in her case, she's actually saying that, because she's, right now she's on trial because uh, she lied. 
uh, and she actually forfeited her plea deal. Her plea deal was one year in prison, well, one year in jail, and then three years of probation. She didn't think that was good enough, so now she's facing at least six years, you know, for falsifying evidence and for lying uh, to the police. And now she's saying, and the police actually got a confession out of her, saying, you know, they didn't do this, I wanted this to happen. Um, but in her detail, she's also skirting around it and saying that, it was certain things I didn't want to happen, and that's what I said. Uh, but there actually was like a two-hour tape, two-hour-long tape, and they specifically, she specifically said that these men raped her in that tape. Um, and also, the police, like I said, they got a confession out of her. And in the confession, she's saying the police coerced, coerced it, and she shouldn't have to do any time. I know, right? It's, it's, it's crazy. So just watch it back, I guess. Um, I don't really see what the big deal is uh, why certain people can't stay in their race when it comes to dating. You don't have to, but situations like this wouldn't get so sticky if you did, or maybe they still would. We don't know. This is the America we live in today, unfortunately. So, yeah, I'm going to uh, see exactly what's going on with that situation. I'm going to try to keep up with that. But that woman is pretty crazy. Pretty crazy. Her name is Nikki Yovani, by the way. Nikki Yovani. So the next topic of discussion is Caitlin Bennett. Caitlin Bennett is a white woman. <clears throat> In her early 20s, she just graduated from Kent State University. And she actually brought an AR-10 to our campus, you know, to take photos for graduation. And, of course, everyone was upset because if she was black, she'd be dead. She claims that uh, she experienced racism because she brought the AR-10. People threw things at her. Um, they called her names. <laughs> Don't laugh. I'm talking to my engineer. People threw things at her. They called her names, you know, and she was very upset about that. You know, I would be upset, too, if someone threw things at me. You know, I mean, name calling is a, just that's just how the world works. But she's saying uh, she claims that it's insulting to minorities, you know, for people to attack her this way. And I'm like, yeah, it's insulting because you're doing just that because you're using your white privilege, which she says she does not have. But. We all know she does because she's able to walk around the fucking city with an AR-15 on this. This AR-10, I'm sorry, this AR-10 was as big as this woman. Like, it's literally on her back. Like, um, her graduation cap had a picture of the AR-10 on it, and it said, come come take it, right? Now, I thought that was dope, which means, you know, which I, I assumed it meant that you can't come take my education. You could come for it, but you can't, you know, you can't take it. That's me being nice about the situation. But her actually walking around with the gun like that on her person when she's not concealed. And it just seemed like the most ludicrous shit ever. And she's actually on the news doing reports and stuff like that, actually benefiting more of her right privilege because black people or people of other colors would not be allowed to speak their mind about this because they'd either be shot or they be in prison because they brought this gun out 
on the campus with all these shootings shootings happening right now you think it's safe you think this is the good climate to bring be bringing out guns <laughs> let me take a sip of water man cuz my mouth is just you think this is the good climate to be taking out guns and just parading them around i mean really what does that say about you is that you're in your bubble your white bubble and you don't get it you don't get it. And that's okay. But it's time to fucking wake up. Because we don't care. And you need to know that it's privilege. And stop harassing minorities with your privilege. Let's see. Oh, but you know what I can say? I applaud her for not saying it was reverse racism. Because <laughs> that's got to be one of the most ludicrous things I've ever heard in my life. Reverse racism. First, you want to say there isn't a thing as racism. Right? You just going to kill all that noise. You just, you believe we are equal, which we know we're not. But you believe that. You believe that. Or it's, oh, this in the past. Leave it there. So, first you want to say it's nothing like that. And then you want to say we're reversing it? How dare you? The audacity that you have <laughs> to make some shit up. No, actually, invent this thing. Kill people, have genocides about it, <laughs> enslave people, manipulate the minds of certain people for generations and generations, and then say it doesn't exist. And then, when it fits you, say you're reversing it. Okay. <sighs> y'all, 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 y'all don't feel me now. Y'all don't feel me. Oh, y'all don't feel me now. Let me see. Oh, this is the last edition I'm gonna say about her. As a matter of fact, um, we all know Tamir Rice, right? 12-year-old boy. And I'm not sure if you know about John Crawford, Crawford, but he was also shot too and uh, killed uh, in a Walmart. And these both took place in Ohio. The same place where she bringing this, rocking this AR-10 like it's a piece of ankle jewelry um, just because. And I just had to pull that little tab bit in there because that... That's mind-boggling, you know? It just, it's, it's just, get it together, people. Get it together. Somebody help her. She needs some milk. All right. So, next I want to mention this New York lawyer. Hmm. I'm not sure if y'all um, heard about that New York lawyer. Oh, yeah, just to backtrack for one second. I'm not sure if I mentioned her name. Her name is Caitlin Bennett. But anyway, so that New York lawyer who was on uh, recently on social media running from uh, reporters who were trying to get pictures of him, um, he's lost his practice or at least lost the least of his business because um, he was he was videotaped in a um, a fresh kitchen restaurant which I've never heard of, so I, I guess it's it's right there on it's right there in New York State only. Or I've just never have I've just never seen it yet. It hasn't made it to Michigan. And uh <laughs> he was yelling at them and he was upset and just straight up and down just confused as to why these people were speaking Spanish to Spanish speaking people. Now, before I got the just of this story, it threw me. I was, like, I, was, I was like, okay, okay. If they speak in Spanish to him and he just speaking English, maybe, maybe that's a little confusing. 
But he's not even speaking Spanish to you. <laughs> what is your deal, bruh? And then, on top of that, I was like, isn't he a lawyer? Don't lawyers, like, I'm pretty sure he knows Spanish. And then it was, it actually says, like, on his promotional practices for his business that he speaks Spanish fluently or he has people to speak Spanish fluently. So I was like, he made a big mistake. I mean, his mistake is being a racist, but he made a big mistake, bro. He just needs to, um, I don't know. He just needs to read up on the Latin community or Latinx or Mexicans in general and just dive into that culture and see all the good things about it. Because obviously he knows that there uh, there's equity in them. You know, he gets money off them. Like I said, his practices, they speak they speak Spanish. You know, he pays them for food. You mean, like, it's like, so he knows it's there. I mean, he's in New York. I mean, New York has got to be one of the biggest Spanish-speaking states around. Like, come on now. Who, come on. The second nature. Um, yeah, but that's me being nice about it. Like, but, bro, all I, all I can think of when I hear this story is that he just made a Really big mistake, bro. You just need to you just need to get it together. I wish I could tell you who to go talk to and who to read up on. Actually, myself, I don't know too much about it. Um, so sorry about that. But I'm not a racist, so I'm one up and you on that one. You know, so uh, you just need to fix that. Also, um, his name is Aaron. Uh. Schlossberg? Yeah. Yeah, I think that's right. If it's not, okay, I butchered it. Whatever. But also a GoFundMe was set up to send, like, mariachi bands to his workplace and to send a taco truck. And they actually doubled their revenue for the GoFundMe, and they sent it, but, like I said, his lease was broken. His lease was shut down. No one wants him in, you know, in there. Uh, and around them like that it's just it's sometimes it's just sometimes it just comes down to you being just ignorant you just you just which is basically what racism is but you're just too ignorant to not know these things you're just too where are you you're in your bubble of white privilege you just need to fix it get out of it like i'm not really a fan to get over it but you need to get over it buddy you need to you need to get over it. I'm not finna keep repeating myself because I, I have nothing else to say about homie. I don't know. I just don't know what's going on. Actually, a grievance was filed um, by a state representative in New York against him. Like, no one wants you in there. It's over. You're no longer going to be able to practice law. And if you are going to be able to practice law, I hope you lose because I would not want to hire you, buddy. I mean... It's, it's apparent that your mind is not open. How could you even practice law and defend somebody? You probably think that you probably don't even want to defend anybody of color. And if you do, I'm pretty sure you, you're you not going to fight hard for them. So, yeah. That's Aaron, y'all. Thanks for listening to the conversation. Stop what you're doing right now and follow us on Twitter at the underscore real convo. Don't forget IG or Instagram as the conversation underscore podcast. Facebook at The Conversation Podcast and SoundCloud at The Conversation Podcast. You can put Detroit in there. Sometimes it comes up with Detroit, sometimes it doesn't. It's finicky that way. I don't know, SoundCloud, maybe tripping. Um, also, our iTunes account is still The Conversation Podcast. All right, now let's get back to the show.
All right. Um, so this is something more local. This is actually happening in Detroit right now. And I know a lot of people are probably going to be upset with me when I say this, but Detroit has paintball wars going on right now. And I think it's really silly. <laughs> um, it's supposed to combat the war uh, on guns. I guess people just like shooting people just for no reason. Um, I think it's a great concept, but I also think that a lot of people don't want their personal space invaded. This is actually on the news, too. Um, they were reporting, like, it was actual gunshots coming out. Like, I don't think it's, I think it's serious, but I don't think it's so serious to, for the newscaster to have so much animosity in his voice and angst about it when he was talking about it. But he was saying, yeah, some kids got shot. They weren't supposed to get shot with the paintball guns. And a couple women and a couple elderly got shot. Um, I just think someone's going to get pissed off and come back with a real bullet. Or you're going to hit somebody and it's going to hurt them or damage them some kind of way. Because if I'm just walking outside in my Nikes and my Levi's, I'm not thinking I'm finna get struck by, <laughs> by a paintball gun, you know. Which I'm glad it's not a real bullet, you know. But still, like, come on, you got to warn me about that kind of stuff. Um, that's me personally. But it actually started on the east side. It started on East Warren and Cooper. Then it went to Six Mile over there. And um, I feel like if it was regulated, like if you like went to somewhere in the hood, quote unquote, and actually built a field for it, then that would be great. Because if you regulated it, then you can make money off of it. And if you make money off of it, you could feed the hood. You could go, you get back to the hood. You could put it right back into the paintball stuff and just make it somewhere fun for you, so you can be a kid as an adult, you know, release the inner kid in you, and you don't got to shoot the homies with actual bullets. I also feel like, I'm going to come back to that, I also feel like if you're nice enough to shoot them with paintball guns, then you shouldn't be shooting them with bullets because they got to be your friends, right? I mean, y'all got to have some kind of rapport where... I don't want to. I don't want to beat him. I don't want to kill him. I'm just gonna beat him up today. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm just gonna fight him today. Like I'm just like we just gonna talk shit today. You know I'm not. I'm not gonna take it there. Like I'm not gonna talk about your mama. But I'm gonna come at you today, bro. You know. But but that's just my stream of consciousness. Um, but either way, yeah, I say regulated, and I think you should get to it before other people get to it because they will regulate it, and then they're gonna make it so that you can't do it. Because they're gonna own they're gonna own that form of expression and they're gonna place laws around it so you can't be out here just shooting up your um your bins or shooting up your um escalade, giving it a new paint job with the uh paint guns. I mean it's a good concept, but think it through just a little bit more. Just a little bit more. Um and also I still think it promotes gun violence. But and that's just me. All right. So next I want to move on to Darren Martin. Darren Martin is a black man who recently moved to New York City. Um, he is a former Obama White House staffer. Um, upon moving to next New York City and moving into his residence, he uh, the police was called on him. Uh, another being black thing, I'm not sure if it was a, oh, it was a white woman because I heard her voice on the uh, 911 thing. Uh, so that's crazy. I mean, it's just an epidemic out here. Like, 
it doesn't matter if you go to school. It doesn't matter if you um, are bang, bang, shoot them up, kill them. It don't matter if you Obama, you know, they just don't want to see you prosper. I guess the building he was moving in in New York City was just not known to have black people in it. He was moving in at night, which everybody in the hood know that you <laughs> you move in at night anyway. But he was trying to move in in the daytime <laughs> to kind of avoid this situation. But he wasn't able to avoid it because he got a job. He has a look. He got a good job. <laughs> so he has a job and he was taking care of business. And it was about eight o'clock, maybe 10 o'clock. And he started moving in. And um on the call, because you can definitely, I'll definitely post it. But on the call, you can hear her saying he has, like, this huge object and he's breaking down doors. He was, like, breaking down doors because the police played it for him. He's, like, breaking down doors. He said, I got the key to my house. <laughs> he said, if I was stealing it, why am I moving it in? <laughs> and then he also was quoted saying that, you know, you're already criminalized when you're wearing black skin. Because he says, maybe when you see me in the pictures, when you maybe when you see pictures of me in my suit, You'll be disarmed. Maybe if you see pictures of me with Obama, you'll be disarmed. Maybe if you see pictures of me um, in front of the White House, you'll be disarmed. But once I take that off, I can't take off this skin. You know, so how am I to disarm you then? Especially if you don't want to have a conversation with me or if you don't want to get to know me. You know what I'm saying? So it's just being black in America is more serious than people realize. Uh, people uh, of other races, they just... They, I don't think they they get it, and um, it's just up to us to really reinforce that and keep it going. So that's why you'll have a conversation and many other things like it. So keep up. Let's see. Hmm. So. Claiborne Courts, Mississippi, right? It's a town in Mississippi. Reportedly hmm, found a black man hanging from a tree. And their first instinct was, it's a suicide. I mean, I'm pausing right now because it just seems like a prayer should go up for that man and his family because we know it's not a suicide. And that's personally why I've always been a little skeptical about the southern states. Even though I live in Michigan and it's a red state and Ohio's, like I've said in other podcasts or other in previous episodes, I've experienced mad racism there. Um, so I'm even skeptical about Ohio. But those southern states, I just feel like we ran for a reason and those people didn't go anywhere. It didn't go anywhere. So I'm always skeptical about the Atlantas and all that stuff everybody wants to go. I know it's hot down there, but come on now. Like, a vacation ain't worth me not coming back home. But sometimes I can be a little extreme, so forgive me on that. But in this case, I'm right because he's dead. Um, and I'm pretty sure it wasn't a suicide because that's a lot of effort when you could just get a bullet. I mean, or you could just call Caitlyn because she walking around with her AR-10 and she posing with it for pictures. So I'm pretty sure she'll pass it on to you. But, um, yeah, an investigation is still out on that. They're still investigating to see if this man hung himself. <laughs> the fuck? Really? 
I'm going to climb a 20-foot tree to hang myself. I might as well just go 10 feet higher and just jump off and die first. Like, head, neck, break the neck, boom. It's just, it's just, it's just nonsensical sometimes. You know, so, I don't know. Um, the last thing I want to talk about today and uh, what's good, what's going on, is uh, an NYPD detective named David Terrell. And he's another African-American. And he feels like he's being wrongly um, discriminated against. And it's funny because he actually <laughs> he actually uh, filed a uh, $5 million claim against the state of New York for um, for discrimination. So but um, in the same, he feel like that's why they're targeting him and other African-Americans. He says he has to do a drug test. Um, I was given dates, actually, like one was in September, one was in March, then two were in April. Um, he takes drug tests more than mandatory, you know, are allowed. <clears throat> and um, sometimes he gets cut during these, uh, during these drug tests. And he's always basically, basically to him, if you let him, let him tell it, he's like, he's pissing in the cup every other day. That's literally his words. Like he's pissing in the cup every other day. They shave my legs because he's a bald he's a bald man. They shave my legs for for all these samples and it's crazy. And they doing it to me. They doing it to other people, but they're especially doing it to me. And um I guess he's just standing up and standing in it because he's still a detective. You know, he's still working for them. Um sometimes a fight you need to step down um or get out of the situation to be in the fight. But in his situation, he wants to take it head on, and I ain't mad at him because um, I guess if he get his $5 million, he ain't got to worry about being a detective anymore. But <clears throat> needless to say, it's still wrong for them to do what they're doing. So so that is it for the what's good, what's, what's happening segment. Sorry if it seems so down, but um, – we have other segments in the show where to bring you up and to uplift you. I just want to make sure that uh, you know what's happening and what's going on because that is definitely important. Uh, let's see. So next is uh, what are you listening to? What are you watching? So first, I want to talk about what 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 I was watching over the weekend. What what I've been what I've been watching. What I feel like is good to see. Um, so Jada Pinkett Smith is back on Instagram. She's back in the media. Um, I personally love Jada Pinkett Smith, not just because she's beautiful, but because she's actually a good actress. Um, I like the whole, I like the relationship she has with Will Smith. I always thought they were a gorgeous couple. Um, and there's not too many couples where you can say that. You're like, dang, they look, they, they, they look good. They gonna make babies. They gonna make babies. And they did. Now, you know, those kids look good as well, and they're talented, and it's just, it's, it's just a great fit. Um, on top of that, she has a new show. It's on Facebook Watch, and I believe it drops either every Sunday or Wednesday. And it's a really good show. I've only so far, I think it's only been about two episodes, but they also had a live for an hour. I didn't watch that live because I had already watched the show, and it was actually about a relationships and building relationships and uh her confronting Will Smith's first wife, Cherie, which was really interesting because I forgot how good Cherie looked too. I was like, dang <laughs> Will Smith is out doing out here doing it, baby. Uh but yeah, uh let's but still let's get back to it. But um it was really a conversation. It's her, her mother, which we all know she's gorgeous as well. I'm not sure if she's talented because I don't 
have never really heard anything about her like as far as what she does i'm assuming she's a bodybuilder because her body is stacked <laughs> but you know assumptions get you got so let's just do let's just google that just let's, let's just do our due diligence um also willow smith is there you know willow smith you know she's doing her thing she's pretty as well and she has a different outlook on uh than most african-americans because she was raised in wealth so her life is definitely different and it's definitely um been a whirlwind for her because if you don't remember willow smith uh she had a huge hit uh with my hair like back in 2010 2009 um which was which was which was massive i mean everybody was whipping their hair like she even had a a song with Nicki minaj right after that and Nicki minaj this is when Nicki minaj had just got over her bubble and she was just popping she was the hottest thing in the world like if you could get a track with Nicki minaj you was doing it so of course the power in the name willow and the smiths so she got one there she had a whole cd and then she wanted to tour after they wanted her to tour afterwards but her being a child she just wanted to enjoy being like 10 years old and, you know, she's, of course, she stopped it. Um, and then it was the allegations of her actually having sex with the boy who was about 16, 17 at the time. And, you know, the pictures of that. Was, it was actually a white boy, but uh, the pictures of uh, he was actually a Disney Channel star, too. And, um, yeah, it, they were kind of provocative looking and they were all through the media. So you really haven't heard of Willow since then, besides her changing her hair and. I believe she still sings. So, um, but yeah. So, Table Talk uh, is three generations of women, of the Smith women, and they're just getting to really deep, meaningful conversations. Uh, of course, I think it's geared more towards um, women, but I also feel like these are the type of conversations that people need to have or people need to see or in here because. Um, Men don't always tend to listen to a woman's perspective, and that's why things get lost in translation a lot, and vice versa. Um, sometimes when men are talking to women, they tend to feel, at least this is what I've been told, tend to feel like they're being like barked at or being made to shut up or um, just being just not listened to altogether or, you know, just... We're nonchalant as if we don't care. Uh, and I just feel like these are the type of things from our community that we need to listen to and rock with together. That way we'll have a great relationships. They'll last longer and we'll be able to build equity and um, bring back the buy back the block and bring up the community. So, yeah, you should definitely tech, check that out because um, Jada's out here doing and killing it again. Um, not necessarily something I want to see. But uh, the new Star Wars movies is coming out. Uh, I want to say, what is it, May? I want to say it's coming out in July. Of course, I could be wrong. I'm not a huge Star Wars fan, but I know that it has uh, Lando. The Lando character is played by Donald Glover, and uh, he's getting a spinoff of that, so that's really cool. Um, also, if you live in Detroit or if you live in uh, Michigan, the DIA has a Star Wars exhibit um, and it started, it starts on the, it started today. It started the 20th. They actually have extended hours right now. So you can go check it out. Um, just call up there if you, cause I'm not sure of the extended hours anymore, but they do have them call up there and check it out. It's a really good exhibit. I'm going to see it on the 26th. I'm taking, um, 
some family of mine to go down there to see it. And it, it just seems it's, it's really authentic. It's a power of costume. So uh, it's going to be like you're going to see like the Wookiees. You're going to see like the Princess Leia costumes, the the costumes of like all the elders and the um, what is that called? Like the council. It's, it's mad cool because I've seen like pictures of it online and I kind of got like, the inside scoop of it when I was working there. And it, it's just really cool. Like, like I said, I'm not a Star Wars fan, but you would definitely want to see it. Um, yeah, so check that out. So thanks for listening to the conversation. Stop what you're doing right now and follow us on Twitter at the underscore real convo. Don't forget IG or Instagram as the conversation underscore podcast. Facebook at The Conversation Podcast and SoundCloud at The Conversation Podcast. You can put Detroit in there. Sometimes it comes up with Detroit, sometimes it doesn't. It's finicky that way. I, I don't know, SoundCloud may be tripping. Um, also, our iTunes account is still The Conversation Podcast. All right, now let's get back to the show. And as far as music, honestly, I haven't really been listening to anything. Um, uh, let's see. I've listened to a lot of gospel, a lot of gospel music. Um, also, I've been listening to a lot of Ray Shrimmer. Let's see. The old stuff. I don't really like the new stuff too much, and I'm mad because I really like them as a band. I like that song, Power Glide. I feel like that, power, that song, Power Glide, slap. I mean, it's no, you can't go wrong with that song. Especially the third verse. The third verse and the fourth verse. Slim Jimmy and then uh, Juicy J. It's nice. It's nice. Definitely nice. Um, let me see. What else have I been listening to? And as far as gospel all over the place, like um, Fred Hammond, uh, Corinne. Let's see. I kind of threw some Clark sisters in there. Um, Jonathan McReynolds. Uh, a couple other people. And, yeah, it's just it's really cool. But, you know, gospel has that variety, you know, which you don't really look at race or, thank God, you don't really look at race or um, the gender. You just really just vibe out. Whatever touches you, touches you. So, and that's how all music is supposed to be. That's how, that's what music is there for. So, yeah. Let's see. Um, in the spotlight. So, I know that we're all, we're not all the biggest fans of um Gabrielle Union. And that's a shame because Gabrielle Union has been hustling for a long time. You know, like she just really has. You know, she went from being the side chick in every movie to being the to side, I'm sorry, the sidekick, the side chick, you know. Um <laughs> uh my sister always jokes and says she got her edges done. You know, like she came all the way up, you know. Um, but she is beautiful and she has a new film out and I believe it came out Mother's Day weekend. Um, I definitely think we should flood the box office and give her a try, you know, give her a chance. Um, so definitely if you are a fan of the fan of the conversation, go check out the movie. We can definitely talk about it next time because I am going to see it this weekend. Um, as part of like a late Mother's Day present because I'm taking my mother. So I'm late Mother's Day present with her. Um, yeah, so I definitely want to check that out and see what it's all about. And uh, it looks good. I remember talking about it in a couple previous episodes. So definitely going to check that out and tell you all about it. All right, so let me take a drink of water real quick. Ooh, boy. Cotton mouth's a mug. All right, I'm back, y'all.
So now it's time for the conversation. And it is being the change you want to see. Um, are your efforts going to waste? That's really what was really what um, the subject matter I wanted to encompass because this is America is was pretty was pretty it's pretty broad, but in the same sense, it's pretty direct as far as what I was talking about when it comes to the what's good, what's happening segment, and then when I came over to talk to you about. Um, uh, just the music and the listening and the watching and the spotlight. But I just wanted to try to break it down. And one of the reasons why I wanted to speak about this is because I was listening to Yala Valzan, right? And I know a lot of people don't like her or they're kind of up in the air with her. Um, they think she's a bully. They think she's rude. I actually think she's pretty cool. Um, and I kind of wasn't into the whole self-help thing into maybe a couple years ago but I think she does it right and she has a million books and we're going to start a book club on this show uh if not next month then if not June then definitely July and one of the books we will be discussing on our first two to three books will be her first book um and then we'll go on and so on and so forth um they won't all be self-help they won't all be I'm black y'all I'm black y'all I'm bliggity black I'm black y'all um, it will be some fun stuff in there, too. All of them won't be thousands of pages either. But we're definitely going to get into it. And if you're not a really, if you if you don't have the time to sit down and read, remember, you can always do the whole Audible things. And there's cheaper ways to do it. Because um, I don't use Audible anymore. Uh, because it kind of got expensive for me. Uh, let's see. Well, not so much of the service, but some of the books on there are very expensive. If you, for my taste. Personally, you know, because uh, we ain't out here living like we want to live yet. Hey, Michelle, what's going on? Um, let's see. Oh, and for your, for people who are listening on the podcast uh, and, and you can't see the video, what we've been doing lately here for the conversation is we've been uh, going live a lot more. So when you hear me shout somebody's name out, it's pretty. It's just to, so they can. I'm acknowledging them, acknowledging the show. Uh. Earlier, I know I shot out, I shot out Prophet, and then DeAndre's on here too. What up, though? And then Michelle just said, "What's going on?" So, wanted to speak to those people, and I just wanted to keep y'all, let y'all know I'm just, I'm just shouting out random names. This is not Chris Brown. This is not a Karuchi shout out. So, let's see. All right. So, yeah, I was watching Ayala, and I was watching her Breakfast Club interview, and it was a really cool interview. And one thing I like about Ayala Valzan is when she's not. And her, I want to say work mode, I should say, uh, she seems really cool. She just seems like a really laid back individual. I mean, she, of course, she'll cut into you because, like, she reminded them on the breakfast club. She's like, I'm from, <laughs> I'm from New York. <laughs> I forgot what, I forgot what borough she said she was from, but it was, it was really funny. It was a really cool interview. You should check it out. I think it came on last week. But, yeah, she talked about um, how she started on Oprah, how she got her start, how she had this, of course, if you don't already know, how she had three kids um, by the time she was 21 by three different men, how she changed her name, um, how that came about. Uh, she changed her name when she became a Yarbrough priest, priestess. And I didn't know that she was one. Um, she used to go by Rhonda. Um, I did know I did a little bit of research on her uh Maybe when we first started the show, and I found out that she was a lawyer. Uh, she was a lawyer. Um, she stopped being a lawyer 
because she wasn't happy with the way things were happening in the justice system. And one of the things Charlamagne asked her was, okay, so uh, did you think you can change the situation? She said, no, I cannot, and that's why I left. And that really resonated with me because my last job, that's why I left that job because even though they were trying to, to call themselves trying to change the culture, they've been trying to, from my understanding, they've been trying to change the culture for 35 years. And you're still not listening to people. And you're still <laughs> being racist to people. And you're still sweeping racism under the rug. So... I tried to help that situation. I didn't see me being there as doing anything but aggravating myself, you know, and I refuse to be embattled and I don't need to be. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. So she left that job and then um, she was she wasn't homeless. She was about to become evicted. Um, and then she started working with mothers um, in welfare, she was working, helping, getting them off welfare and getting them into school and things like that. As a matter of fact, she actually joined school. Just to backtrack a little, she actually joined school uh, or college, I should say, um, on a whim. Like she, after she, after um, she left the welfare office, she said she got on the bus. Uh, she heard some terrible things at the welfare office. She got on the bus, saw a, a sign for college and just went and joined. And that's how she became, you know, the Lord she was. But um, just to bring it back up to speed. Hold on one second, y'all. I ain't gonna lie. I forgot where I was. <laughs> but, yeah, like I said, she uh, had the three kids, my three different men. She um, was a lawyer after she, after she, uh, she stopped being a lawyer after the whole business of not being able to change her situation. So after that happened, she wrote a book, you know, and she said she was reaching out to people and it was just doing them so much good. And somebody was like, well, hey, you should sell this like you should really like push this. So she went to Kinko's. She joked about going to Kinko's about how every, you know, good Arthur has a Kinko's card. I wouldn't know. Well, I'm going to have to ask the homie because, you know, she out here writing people. Shout out to Sheree C. She had like seven or six books out. Um, we're actually going to talk more about her at the end of the show as well. But shout out to her. That's the homie. Um, she also has a web series. But like I said, I'm going to say that for last. Um, so, yeah, she joked about that. Excuse me. She joked about that. And then she said she got the books printed up and she started to actually push them out the back of her car, which is, of course, that's what everybody in the hood does when they're trying to make a dollar. They want people to see their things. I know that's what I did for like two years straight with a mixtape of mine. And I actually made good money off it. I was really surprised that I made as much money as I did. Like, yeah, it's cool. But we always trying to get to the money. And for me, part of that is music. So anyway, um, she pushed it out the back of her trunk. Um, and then she ran into Oprah because Oprah actually read one of her books on, now, I'm, honestly, I don't know much about Oprah. I really don't. I'm not sure it's because it's the era I grew up in. I think my mother watched Oprah. I just didn't want to, I just didn't want to watch Oprah. Like, I just didn't want to watch, if, if I was going to watch daytime television, it was going to be Arthur and him. You know, like, I was trying to watch, it was educational, but it wasn't, I ain't trying to watch no 40-year-old woman talk about 
that, you know. Maybe if I knew she was giving away stimulus packages and cars, I would have been watching over. But at the time, I didn't know that. And now she's off the air, so I'm, off, I'm out of luck. But anyway. So Oprah brought one of her books into um, the Book of the Month Club, and that's how that happened. And then she went on to Oprah's show, and uh, it was really good. And they actually kind of lost contact because her using her, I'm just going to say, hood or hood adjacent mannerisms in trying to talk and network with people she cut she she kind of pissed off the wrong people and pissed off the wrong people at oprah's um business or managers or network i should say because i'm not sure if she had a network at the time but you know oprah had been doing it for a while so and she met up with ayala back in like 98 like early 2000 so i'm pretty sure she was established it was harpo and them so yeah and she kind of messed that up and Iyanla was just speaking to the power of how you can change yourself, you know, how just because you're the first to do something like, say, for instance, get a degree or uh, the first to move out of the hood or the first to say, okay, I don't need public assistance, you know, I'm just going to, I'm going <laughs> to, I'm not going to say that because uh, Republicans would love to hear that part, but I can do this part on my own or I can find a different way to do it. You know, because without a uh, without a a book or without a path that you can follow, it's hard to navigate. And yes, the have we have these things in place, these people we can lean on, but it's just not it's not always the most lucrative thing to do. It doesn't always serve you in the long run. So I like that, and I thought that was really good, and it really kind of stuck with me. Um, but yeah, she's really fun. So definitely watch the interview. But I wanted to ask you guys, how do you think um, you can change the world? Um, what do you feel you can put forth in the world, whether it be your children or talent that you have or, you know, education that you've acquired? How do you think you're going to change the world? Um, personally, I've spoken about on uh, previous episodes. I even spoke about on a Dear Mom episode last last week about, you know, the talents I possess and I put those type of things forward. And um, one more thing I want to backtrack real quick. One thing Iyanla did say in this interview, um, it was about relationships and about how none of them are ever mistakes. They're all learning experiences. And it's so funny because um, I realized that in my uh, love life, maybe a couple years ago, um, I want to say maybe five or four years ago, I realized that, that, um, first of all, you should always address everybody as an adult. And a lot of people have problems with doing that, whether it is having conversations or just being honest about where you stand. Uh, let's just say, for instance, you cheated, like be honest about where you stand, you know, and if someone blows up at you, you have a right to blow up at you, but don't say this is because this is why I can't be honest with you. This is why I didn't want to tell you or I didn't know how to tell you and this is why. No, you didn't know how to tell them because you're full of shit. Because if you can do it, you can speak on it. How can't you speak why can't you speak on it but you can lay down and do it or you can take and do it. Like come on now, let's just let's just really grow up. You know? But um Yeah, so I kind of learned that then, and I think that's really important to remember that um, you just grow in these situations. 
So you're not necessarily taking the L, you're taking the W because you can learn, you've learned from that situation and you're going to adapt it to your everyday life in every facet. Not just in your personal relationship, but in your business relationships as well and any other relationship that you have, you know? And it's crazy because I don't, I guess a lot of people don't understand that, but I grasped that concept and I just wanted to reiterate it because she wrote a whole book about it. I mean, somebody needed information, but um, yeah, so let me know. Hit to drink some water, y'all. Oh, wow. This cotton mouth is a trip. Mm -mm -mm. But let me know how you feel and um, and how do you feel like you can change uh, the world and what you can put forth to do it, doing it. Um, Just some examples, you know, as far as um, in our community, the black community, everybody wants to talk about Donald Glover right now. Um, He started uh, as a rapper, um, a writer. You know, it's really cool. He's putting, he's kind of putting his sense of humor, his way of thinking out into the world. And I feel like that's why he's being so successful because he's able to, or Issa Rae for the same, the exact same thing. Like she's putting their energy out because to them, Issa's the awkward girl. You know, she, she may be cute, you know, at times or whatever. She feel like she may be cute, but she never can really address a situation in a way that doesn't seem silly. Or it doesn't put her at a fault looking like a fool. And he, Donald Glover, on the same spectrum, on the opposite side of the spectrum, okay, I may have had these issues with black women or black people in back in the day or um, whomever back in the day. But just like Eliana said, you have to grow from those situations. If it's not the same person attacking you that was attacking you back then, and you should just take from that experience and not hold that against someone, you know? And that way people can't say you have a fetish for Asian women or, or oh, my God, it's a white baby. <laughs> but whatever. Um, but, yeah, those are just two great examples. Like, they're putting their energy out in the world and they're getting their just dues. Um, let me see. Somebody who's not really, really there, there yet. Michael B. Jordan, is he's, he's coming up. Um... um I honestly don't feel like uh, Black Panther was his best work, but he's coming up. And people are starting to recognize him more. I know me being in an actor's circle, I've had that conversation with a lot of uh, male actors who are out here doing their thing. And um, when you mention male actors of a certain age, like basically between 18, black male actors from like 18 to 30, it's just a hard to pick some people out that really get shot. It's a few people in there who know what they know their craft, but the only person that we could possibly land on offhand would be Michael B. Jordan, and he just wasn't that spectacular at the time, um, if you ask me. But, you know, that's just my personal opinion. But what he's doing is he's putting his, he's putting his best foot forward, and he's putting, <laughs> he's using what he has to gain the things he wants and he's learning from those experiences also you know just whatever you can do put that out there and just see exactly how that flows because one thing we have to remember is that in the same instance and I hate to sound like I'm um, contradicting myself but in the same instance remember that everything you want you it's not always for you and you won't always get just because you can taste it just because it's that close, I mean, you can always get it. But if you put 
your best foot forward. You put your energy out there. You put your foot, you step in to try to change the situation by being the change, quote unquote, that you want to see in the world, which is so cliche. But I think that you should put the energy out there that you, you know, that you need to receive. And hopefully it will come back to you. It might not come back to you now. It might come back to you 10 years later. But once you've done that, you know, you've personally, you've already succeeded. You know why? Because you've learned from that experience and you're going to pull from it, not hold on to it. And you're going to take it and grow with it and move forward and nourish your children and nourish other people's children and nourish the people that are next to you and the people that you want to be with. Because just because they're not listening to you. okay, let's go. let's, Let's go this route. See if you're a biblical person. The Bible says they won't listen to you. But you have to stand up and be that person. You have to keep reminding them, even if it's only by your actions, which is the great way to do it, because a lot of people words don't match, match their actions. But a great way to do it is just, you know, by that example. You know, so with that being said, uh, we're going to move into um, our up though segment. Let's see. What's happening in what up, what it do, that's for sure. But everybody in my city say what up, though. What's happening in what up, what it do, that's for sure. But everybody in my city say what up, though. What up, hey, what up, though. Hey, so, I was talking about Sheree C, right? Um, the name of her business is C Cliche. And she has a web series, and it's called Something Shady. And it is definitely coming back. Um, it was, let me see, she's been shooting this web series for a few years now. Like I said, she's written about several books. Um, we might actually have her on the show in a later episode. Oh, wait a minute. Okay, there we go. We all kind of lost connection for a minute. So um, we might actually have her on the show so she can talk about it and then just really give us the nitty gritty about what's going on in the show. And in her books as well. We can also have, we got a few mics, so we can also have some of her um, actors up here. And um, I don't think she has any co-writers, no ghostwriters over here. So uh, she can come up here and talk about that and, you know, discuss business and that nature. And uh, I would definitely let you know exactly the, the date it's coming back. She's released on all platforms. She's released on well, not all platforms. She's not on Hulu yet. She's on Amazon, Amazon Prime. Uh, she's on Roku, um, SDM, SDM Network, um, YouTube. And it's a really cool series. You know, it's, it's Detroit-based. It's to all Detroit actors and actresses. It's really cool. You should definitely get into it. Let's see. And also, Young Prophet. He is a Southwest Detroit rapper. And he is definitely taking his time to shine now. He's somebody I've actually known for a little while. And... Um, He's been putting in the work as far as like producing and helping other people nourish their talent. Um, Prophet's just a good guy. And now he's taking the time out to invest in himself even more and start actually doing showcases, hosting showcases. And his first showcase is actually on June 1st. I'll put all that information up on all of our social medias as well as your ACs. Let's see. And... Before I get out of here, I just want to remind you one more time to email us. If you have any, if you want to 
jump in the conversation like that question I asked you before is it's it's open. Definitely let me know. Um email me so I can read the letters and we I can I can talk to you about them on the show. If necessary, I will definitely email you back. Um and that email is the conversation podcast eighteen at gmail dot com. Um don't forget to check us out on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and SoundCloud and iTunes. Okay? Um and let's see. I think that just about wraps up the show for this week. I appreciate you all sticking in there with me. Um, uh, what up, Mitchell? I appreciate you all sticking in there with me. And um, we out. All right, so the Conversation Podcast is an educational and lighthearted discussion about the unique experiences of being a young black adult in America. Join me, Too Smooth, as I engage in discourse with guests about various topics such as politics, mental health, current events, and all things affecting the black community from a young G's perspective, hailing from Detroit, Michigan. You'll laugh, you'll cry, and you'll grow as you listen to the conversation. What are you talking about? This episode is being recorded out of Shop Talk Podcast Studios in Oak Park, Michigan. For more information, visit www.shoptalkpod.com.